you said, Mike, earlier about this notion about supporting decisions and knowing where the decision is being made. Should the locus of decision in a system that has both human, say one human, one AI, or multiple humans, multiple AI, should the locus of decision be always with the human side? Or are you ready to accept as a scientist the fact that sometimes the locus of decision should shift to the AI side and the human should remain kind of an observer of that decision being made? With respect, I'm going to say that's the wrong way to ask the question. You know, in my mind, there's a distinction between a decision and a goal, right? So I believe the locus of the goal that the human AI team are pursuing should remain with the human, right? The human should set the goal, and then it's the job of the AI and the human together to make decisions to pursue that goal. The AI, I believe, will be inevitably making decisions without consulting with the human, whether it's because it's a domain where there isn't time to do so, you get into some elements of a cyber domain and, you know, the human just can't be making decisions fast enough. So the AI has to be making decisions without consulting the human. Maybe there are communication constraints, other reasons why the AI can't consult the human. What's important is that the AI and the human be working towards the same goal, right? So I would say, When you're thinking about who's setting the goal, the locus of defining the goal needs to rest with the human. The decisions to pursue that goal, some of those the AI can be making on its own. Some of those the AI can be consulting with the human. But what's really important is making sure that both sides of this team are working towards the same goal. And that gets a little bit into what we were just talking about with theory of mind, right? If the AI has some sort of goal that is learned by the system that's not represented in a way that a human can inspect, then you got some questions. You don't really know what goal the AI is working towards if it can't say, here's a human understandable representation of the goal I think we're working towards. When I talk about the underlying algorithmic constraints that you need to build an AI that is usable by humans... That, you know, explicit representation of a goal that a human can inspect and confirm is right is one of the kinds of things I think about. Good. You anticipated my other question, which would have been the right question this time, which is, how do I know that while working with an AI, that the AI is actually listening and understand my goal? All I can observe is basically the outcome of its decisions or its insight, not necessarily an acknowledgement that whatever its recommendation or its decisions are, are compatible with my goal. I think different AI systems differ on that, right? Some, the goal is implicit deep in the system. Others, the goal is explicit and, you know, you can communicate it in English. And there has been lots of research even recently about how do you take the implicit goals and try to extract them from the system and create an explicit representation of them. You know, some of those involve testing the systems, some of those involve other approaches. I think that's one of the core challenges right now in the AI research behind the field is how do you understand and verify, validate what the goal that these systems are working towards? Even if it's explicitly stated, you know, do you have confidence that this AI is really always working towards that explicitly stated goal? I think this is a little more complex, and I want to take a couple points to my point. I- I think we're thinking of a team of almost equals. And give you a counterexample where you've got the Air Force team of 700,000 people 
and they're hierarchicalized, right? And I bring to mind Daniel's earlier comment about, you know, a person in the loop and a person on the loop. A few years ago, I proposed we have a person under the loop. And for instance, you may want to have an AI that runs the air operations center telling the pilots what to do. And there's so many levels down in the hierarchy. They're under the loop, basically, of the AI, but they're all part of the same team. So I think that's a dimension that we got to bring into this equation. And I think the other thing Mike already mentioned was speed of response. You want the auto GCAS ground collision avoidance system to take you out of a bad situation. You want it to work in milliseconds time when you're not even paying attention to where the terrain is or in cyber as well. I hate to say, I think it's in an it depends situation where the locus is over. You know, one of the things that the various comments make me think about is that you know, we're dancing around the ideas of constraints. So one of the ways to think about this is to provide some constraint on the way that the system might evolve that lines up with your goals or not. And what I would point out is that we already do this in the following sense. So if you think about commander's intent or an order that specifies you know, purpose, key, st- key tasks, and end state, those things are set up that way intentionally. Because that brigade and commander, for instance, is giving his intent He's not going to necessarily tell the company commander exactly how to do his job. But what he's doing when he gives intent, purpose, and end state is he's laying out the constraint space while giving flexibility to the entity to realize that. And I suspect some of these ideas that have been pretty well laid out for human teams may, in fact, be informative here, notwithstanding the really good question and point about how do we communicate that, right? So, you know, there may be communication that could even be verbal. There may be some ways to measure certain aspects of actions that tell us something about whether or not we're within that constraint space or not. And that might depend, as Greg said, on the context. I think what fascinates me in the subtext of this decision, we don't have all the words yet. We don't have all the vocabulary necessary to understand this emerging interaction, some will say with different intelligences, some other people will even dare say with a new species in our midst. And in a sense, you bring the analogy of management by objectives, what people, at least in the business schools, are studying. They don't use the same terms as in the military, but that notion that you don't micromanage, you just set goals. And we each try to use different analogy, either from control engineering or from team theory, in order to be able to explain that relationship. And I think it's fascinating. I think the, the English language is not rich enough now to have all the words necessary, even the word intelligence. Maybe somebody will come up with a different word to explain what exactly are those systems that we are building. They are certainly not human intelligence. Let's go down a notch for a second. I'm going to ask you to provide for our audience an example you're aware of, either because you participated in or you witnessed it or you investigated it, a case in which there was a successful or there is a successful example in which AI and humans have learned to work together, have been a successful design, basically, of this human AI system. I also would love to hear about unsuccessful one because that's the one we learned the most of where automation and humans or intelligent automation and humans didn't cooperate the way we expected them to cooperate, maybe leading to an accident or a disaster. So both good and bad examples for our audience. Want to share them. Greg, do you want to kick us off this time? Sure, I'll try. Well, I think the 
autonomous automobiles are getting to be a successful example. I think they started out with everybody keeping their hands off the wheel and sitting back. There's still instances of it, but I think people are learning on how to interact with them. I think that's going to be a success over time as people learn their limitations. And it goes back to the locus of control. I think most people have control over the mode that that automobile is in rather than the other way around. I do think example of unsuccessful thing, again, it's not, again, not so much AI, but I think AI will be subject to the same kind of poor design, like the case of the Boeing 737 MCAS augmentation system, which was cases of expanding this flight envelope where it shouldn't be, having a flight critical system dependent on a single sensor. And then as the Fred can dive into not providing adequate training to the pilots that we're supposed to be flying at, in fact, hiding the existence of the system from them, which is a really egregious kind of case. And certainly it could have been an AI system doing all this too. So I think that's just bad engineering design. Over to you, Fred. Thanks. Those are great examples. And, you know, you might say that in the case of the aircraft, the pilots who were not trained didn't have a good theory of mind of the automation, which speaks back to something we talked about a moment ago. So it's a great point. Color commentary on autonomous cars, you know, I, I think based on what I observe in Boston on a regular basis, like the bar is very low. And so what we might call success can be easily achieved, potentially. Hard engineering notwithstanding. You know, I think that There's so many great examples, right? And, you know, I'll throw out like a really simple one that I think everybody can relate to. You know, every weekend on Saturday morning, you know, I hop in my car and I put my phone into the car and the car pops up a map that's taking me to the supermarket, right? And so, you know, my iPhone here has learned that I go to the supermarket on Saturday morning. And, you know, it's mostly right. Sometimes I'm not going to the supermarket, so sometimes it's wrong. But, you know, there you go. I don't know if it really helps me or not, because I kind of know how to get to the supermarket. That's maybe another question about how useful it is, but it works in a sense. Another example that I'll throw out that's, you know, received a more popular attention in the media was the, you know, idea of AI and candidate screening or mortgage lending practices and whether or not the AI might reflect um, inherent biases that it learns. I think that's a particularly interesting point because it raises questions about whether or not, well, let me put it this way, what the AI might be telling us about us, which raises some interesting questions. But there are a couple of examples. So Mike, anything else you want to chuck in? Yeah. So when I think about the big successful AI systems, you know, I think about things like the Google search engine, spam filtering and detection in, in email systems recommendation systems for things like what movie you should watch given the movies or you know what you should buy on a website given the things you bought right what's interesting about all those is you know it's lots and lots of data a lot of it mined from other human decisions and it's relatively low stakes kind of decisions right it's not the end of the world if a spam email slips through the filter or i watch the first 10 minutes of a movie that i don't like and then turn it off You look at the other side, which have some of the same properties. And one I've seen recently is the example of Zillow, right? Zillow recently invested a lot of money in buying properties based on its AI algorithms estimation of how much those properties would be worth going on the market. That was a much higher stakes kind of example and didn't go well for Zillow. And part of that is I think they were making predictions about an uncertain future 
that's a little different than making predictions about a more certain, like whether this is a spam email or not. So I think there's lots of ways where all of us are using AI every day and, you know, it's working very effectively. This dips a little bit into one of the jokes within the AI community is that once it starts working and people see it working and understand how it's working, it's no longer AI, right? Then it's just a search algorithm or it's just a spam filter, you know, and AI is always the thing we haven't done yet. So, you know, there are a lot of really positive examples of AI out there, but usually on lower stakes kind of decisions at the moment. I love that comment. I'm going to remember that and reuse that with the proper credit, Mike. Thank you. So because some of those systems that you just described are out there, like the Zillow example, they range from something in which there is no really human intervention in a sense. It's an algorithm that goes out there, makes a decision based on future uncertainty of the market and either succeed or doesn't succeed in terms of some key performance indices that people calculate, as opposed to one that is much more personalized, much more individualized, like car driving. There are some general behaviors that you would expect. And car driving, when Fred steps into its car, its future semi-autonomous car, and the car will have already an internal model, a theory of mind of Fred, and will behave accordingly, either by speeding a certain way, driving a certain way, sharing tasks a certain way, etc. 